Yes, we are on the Bible Rundown. It's day 32 with Pastor Rob and Pastor David. It's Exodus chapter 27 and 28, Matthew chapter 21. You are in February, David. Take it away, brother. Man, this is, uh, we're getting into the heart of of how the tabernacle system is going to work, right, Rob? And so 27, we've got the altar, the court, and the oil for the lamp before we get into the priest's garment in 28. The altar is significant. Um, This is, I think, really where we understand that there is an ongoing blood sacrifice that the Lord requires Mm. for the sins of the people. And and all the imagery of what the priests are going to be wearing when they go to the altar to perform these sacrifices is significant for us because it's this reminder that the Lord calls one man— to bear the sin of the people mm. and that it requires a blood sacrifice in order to atone for their sin. Yeah. And so um, when we look at the altar, the way it's constructed, all these things are to point our attention towards God's requirement that there be a sacrifice to atone for sin so that his judgment doesn't rest on his people mm. and the court of the tabernacle, you know, we're not yet at the temple but we're still seeing some of the elements that are going to be carried forward into the temple construction. And the courtyard is a significant one. We're going to see it in a little bit in Matthew 21, right? right. But it really was this area where that's where the offerings were brought to the priest in order to be sacrificed on behalf of the people for their sin. And we're going to see a, a significant perversion of that in the New Testament. Um, and I think it just flies in the face of what God was intending it to be, which was this was a place for the people to come and to be atoned for their sin and receive his mercy. But what do you see? Well, I love I love all those things, as you said. I think the oil for the lamp is at the end of the chapter is really uh, something to, to really meditate on. When we, when we look at the tent of meeting outside the veil, uh, Aaron and his son, so the, the, the priest right here shall tend to it from evening to morning before the Lord. And so they... Um, they shall bring pure olive oil for the light that the lamp may regularly be set up to burn. So this constant burning of light, think of, think mm. of the, the tree of life on fire. Think of the Moses in the burning bush and think of the consuming fire of God being lit forever. And so this, this idea that these priests are serving the Lord and continuing, continuing to show His light, the the presence of God forever. And so, when Christ leaves, right, He leaves the Holy Spirit. He puts the Holy Spirit inside of who, the priesthood of the believers, who mm-hmm. are now to emanate His light mm-hmm. to a lost and dying world forever. And so, you know, I, these these pictures of the light continuing the lampstand. All of these pictures will come to us in Revelation when we get there at the end of at the end of days, right? No, at the end of December. But we we'll we'll get to Revelation and the lampstand, the church, the people of God, and the oil for the church that we see in Zechariah, the prophet. He talks about this oil being 
this spirit of the living God. And so it's continually lighting the church of God. And so all of these things are happening here to get us to 28. David, tell us, tell us what you see in 28. It's, it's interesting. You got Nadab and Abihu. We will see them later as they will have unauthorized fire. So they will have fire that I think uh, is it comes from something other than pure olive oil, which is, uh, again, the picture of God's Holy Spirit is not pictured through other fire and it's unauthorized fire. And so there's maybe some magic and stuff going on, but they will die as a result of it. But what do we see here in, in 28? We're not there yet. Yeah, no, I, I think when it comes to the priesthood, they are separated not only in terms of being consecrated before the Lord to, to have this service as a priestly role, but even their clothing, Rob, is to be totally different than what the people wear. And what stood out to me was just this constant imagery that you see. They've got these two stones that are on their shoulders. Um, each stone, respectively, has six names of the tribes of Israel, so 12 total. Um, and then on the breastplate, they're wearing another stone that has the 12 names of the tribes of Israel. And it's interesting, you know, you skip down to 28, I think it's in verse 30, where it talks about they're wearing this breast piece of judgment, this stone with these names, bearing on their heart the judgment of the sin of the whole nation. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a couple things here. Number one, the people have sinned against God, and so the priest is interceding for them before a holy God and, and basically atoning for their sin. That's that's clearly pointing us forward to Christ and, and him bearing our sin and the punishment for our sin before God. Mm-hmm. But number two, I think it really shows me just this ongoing theme. Our God is a relational God. He knows his people and he desires for his people to know him. And so he knows us by name and I think that these, these 12 tribes being represented on the stones and their names being before the Lord when the high priest goes in, uh, that's just, to me, a beautiful picture that Christ knows us by name. He knows the sheep, right, as we'll see in the Gospels when he speaks of that. And so um, this whole atoning process is not just some blind thing that God's just accepting generally. No, it's specific to his people that he is called out to be his own. This one's going to be a little bit longer, David, but I think it's good because this is so hard to grasp. When we're talking about stones and clothing and things, it's hard for our people to understand how does this relate to Jesus. But all these are pictures, right? Like you continue on here. They make this robe, right? And they put the robe on. And this robe we'll see in Revelation is... is, is is those that are those that are saints, those that are washed in the blood of Christ. They put on these robes and they worship the Lord because their their robes are clean. And so this all this picture is they're putting on Christ and so that they can enter into the presence of God. Like all of these pictures are coming into play. At the end, they 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 have to have everything covered. They cannot have anything that is exposed to the presence of God. They have to wear a belt. Uh, uh, they have to wear a bell just to make sure that if it doesn't ring, they can pull them out if they're not if they are exposed to the presence of God if something's wrong and they don't come into the presence properly, they die. 
And that's how it is with us. We put on Christ. All these pictures in which Paul is getting at in the New Testament is coming from here, David. Yeah. It's coming from here. They're putting on Christ to enter into the presence of God. Yeah. And then to that point, skipping forward into Matthew 21, all of these things that were intending to point us to the Messiah and that Christ was the one that fulfilled all these things is totally missed on the people, right? Yeah. So we have the triumphal entry and it's this ongoing thing that we see that the religious leaders, these priests that we're talking about that should know these system of sacrifices and see it pointing forward to the true day of atonement when when God would provide his Messiah, they are the ones that are missing the signs and they reject the Christ. And uh, Jesus gives a couple of teachings here. He curses the fig tree, really representative, I think, of, of Jerusalem just being a fruitless city. The city that was supposed to be the place of God and his people is just, it's, it's totally devoid of anything of worship towards God. But then as you get down, uh, I think the parable of the tenants, right? It leaves us with this final thing, uh, just a sad scene. And to your point about a stone, verse 44, the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. And when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. Jesus speaking about he himself is the cornerstone of which our faith is built upon. I mean, to me, it's this thing of we can't come to Christ half-heartedly. Right. We receive him for all that he is. And uh, he is a great savior. And boy, this this tabernacle, the imagery, the sacrifices, all these things point as Christ. It should really bring to life the greatness and the majesty of Christ's sacrifice for our sin on the cross. Yeah, they missed the king that was prophesied about in the Old Testament. All that prophecy coming, the mountain on a donkey. We even saw that back in Genesis when we were talking about um, the prophecy from Jacob to Judah. Yeah. We saw all these things happening, right? We've seen that that he is the fulfillment and the scribes and Pharisees are rejecting him. But the children and the, and the sick and the lame, they are receiving him as Christ the Lord. So... Uh, today, when we when we think about all of these things, we're just reminded of the glory of God and that we have an opportunity and we're graciously thankful that we have an opportunity to know who Jesus is. Amen. Thanks for being with us on the Bible Rundown. <laughs>